listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Tasmania right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we've got David Maxwell joining us. Uh, welcome, David, from Launceston. How are you? Good, thanks, Jason. It's good to have you with us, and uh, my voice is a little bit lower today as it was yesterday, mm. but uh, I'm surviving just. So. We're praying you'll get well soon. <laughs> yes, I'm, uh, I'm on the mend, I think. It's, uh, it's been, I, haven't, I haven't been sick for ages, so you've got to get sick occasionally. <laughs> Keep it's your, bound to happen. Keep isn't your it? immune system working. <laughs> yeah, that's so, right. Anyway, um, it's good to have you back uh, on your series. Are you listening? And uh, today, um, you're going to be continuing with a title of community. We'll get into that shortly. But uh, you always share a proverb at the beginning, and uh, this one that you've got today is an interesting one. So it certainly uh, is. Um. I'm just wondering today, is anything we're going to be talking about today uh, uh, rated more than PG, I guess, is the question? <laughs> yeah, not so much rated more than PG, but the framework for it is if we want to live the way God wants us to live, then that's the context for today's talk. If we don't want to live the way God wants us to live, well... You have that choice. But what we want to look at is the framework of what God intends for us. Mm. Well, let's, uh, let's have a look at this proverb, I guess. Right, so in Proverbs chapter 5 and verse 15 to 20, in the New King James it says, Drink water from your own cistern and running, well from your own, and running water from your own well. Should the fountains be dispersed abroad, streams of water in the streets, let them be only your own and not for strangers with you. Let your fountains be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth. As a loving deer and a graceful doe, let her breasts satisfy you in all times. Let and always be enraptured with her love. For why should you, my son, be enraptured by an immoral woman and be embraced in the arms of a seductress? (laughs) There's, There's many... There's many intimate passages in the Bible, and they mostly encourage faithfulness in marriage. This, this is what the Bible is talking about. This is what God wants for us. And this is one of them in Proverbs. Of course, Solomon also records um, the book called The Song of Solomon, and that's really intimate, really intimate. And this passage in Proverbs also espouses the same kind of ideas. But through verses like this, we see that God has no problem with sensuality and intimacy in the proper context of a loving relationship between a man and a woman. What it does speak about in many places in the Proverbs is improper relationships in many different ways, you know, um, in many different behaviours. So the instruction here about wise relationship behaviour is a good lead-in to our program today entitled Community because what we're going to do is discuss what kind of model God set in place for a sound example of good human relations and we'll see that as we go through today. But like I said before, this is a framework that God has said if you want to live the way I want you to live then here's the framework for you. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, and so uh, this is a, a series. Are you listening? We've got um, many past episodes on this series, and we do encourage you, if you've missed them before, you can go back and have a listen to all of our previous episodes. This is number 17 today. Mm. So uh, do have a look at that. On the Faith FM website, you can actually find our series, Are You Listening?, and uh, go back and have a listen, or you can download the app, the Faith FM Australia app, from your mm. phone, um, whether it's an Android or an Apple phone. You can also uh, search on our podcasts. The uh, Our Tassie Encounters program goes to Apple Podcasts as well, so you can listen on there. Mm. Um, so do you want to give us a quick recap of our past episodes? Yeah, no worries, Jason. So are you listening is the, the topic, uh, is the, the overall framework for what we're talking about. Are you listening that, that we've validated the Bible as a trustworthy source? We've looked at what's in there. We've looked at who God is. Are we listening when we look at who God is? Are we thinking that God is the kind of person that many Christians portray him to be? Or are we listening when we look in the Bible and see, hey, the God that I see in the Bible is a bit different from what many Christians portray him to be. He's actually more loving than we portray. He's more caring than we portray. He's involved in people's lives. He cares for even people who don't care for him. Mm. And that's different from what a lot of Christians portray. So we've looked at what God is really like not what we portray him to be. I think that's really such an important thing, isn't it, that mm. people often uh, judge God based on um, negative experiences that, that so-called Christians have um, have mm-hmm. demonstrated, and, and all of us can uh, misrepresent God, I guess, in the way we act sometimes. But yeah. It's, uh, it's sad to know that God's character is being uh, sometimes um, misaligned because yeah, of maligned, the actions yeah. of people. Yeah, maligned. Yeah, that's, yeah that's right. That's right. You know, and that, that comes from when we discovered where the evil comes from. Mm. You know, it's from that selfishness that started with the mm. Lucifer mm. and has, you know, come right through our world. And even in our best efforts, sometimes they're selfish. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we do the really nice things for other people because it makes us feel good rather than because we really like them and we want to help them. Mm. And, uh, look, it's not a bad place to start, provided we we arrive at the other place, which is good. We looked at this eternal solution God's put together for us that we can be with him forever, how we can join that, um, how we're part of his kingdom. And today we're kind of covering, you know, what's it look like being part of his kingdom Mm community what's community look like we're going to look at that um we looked at how the holy spirit empowers the church here on earth and how it should change our behavior and our life and obedience then comes from that changed behavior we looked at something really special that god put in place for us called shabbat (laughs) you know or rest um infilling blessing you know all of those sorts of things Mm. We looked at how we manage everything that God's given us. And last week we looked at the, not different characters, we looked at character traits that God wants his people to have when we're part of this kingdom. Mm. So today we're looking at community. And I have a question. (laughs) have a question for today. It says, what's the best community you've been a part of and why? And what's the best community you've been a part of? And why? I had one community we were in Western Australia was um, a small street, 
we had, I think it was three homes on one side that were all bought by one person and rented. So we had renters on one side of the street and we had owners on the other side. We had four houses and there were four owners. It was really interesting mix, but we had this small community. It was great, great for a long time. But on the larger scale for me, it's actually been being part of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And the reason I say that is because to me it feels like a great big family. Now, I had it in my other faith, but it wasn't the same. It was just isolated to the one building, the one church, one group of people. Mm. But what I found found in the Seventh-day Adventist Church is that they have a weekly Bible study, and all around the world, in every culture, in every language, we all study the same topic. And to me, it feels like this worldwide church family. It doesn't matter where I go in the world. I know what they're going to be studying that week. Mm. And I know if I can understand them, if I'm going in an English language speaking church, I know that I can have a positive contribution to that if I've studied it during the week. And I can, I can share what that meant for me and how God has unpacked that topic for me in the Bible, what I found. And I find that really, really positive. And to me, it feels like being part of a great big family. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing thing when you travel to different places that um, if you look up uh, where the local church is, the local Adventist mm. church, and uh, you always feel at home wherever you are. It's nice. Mm. 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 Yeah, I feel like this this worldwide family of believers have the same goal, mission, focus, or well, should have, but <laughs> that's generally what you find. Mm. And, and they have this direction, and I can be part of that because mm. I know where they're going. Mm. So the listener question today was? What's the best community you've been part of and why? Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero. Eight nine one. That's our show number today. Zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We've got this question, and we've got a book offer coming up later. So do note that down. What's the best community you've been part of, and why? This first song is "A Love That Will Not Let Me Go" by Chris Rice. Oh, love that will not let me go. Tearless be 
lift up my head I dare not ask to fly from thee I lay in dust life's glory dead And from the ground there blossoms red Life that shall endless peace Life that shall endless peace Endless peace Endless peace You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with David Maxwell on the topic of community. We asked you a question and we'd love to hear from you today. So do text us in 0488-880-891 is our number. The question was, what's the best community you've been part of and why? I think uh, for me personally, I think it has been my local church. And Mm -hmm. even though there's some challenges from time to time, I know when... uh, the chips are down, so to speak. I've had great support and, you know, many people pray when things happen. And mm-hmm. it's uh, it's beautiful to be part of a another family, in essence. So, uh, yes, it's a great it thing. So uh, today we're continuing with your series, Are You Listening? And Community is the Topic. And you said uh, that we're going to dig into God's model for proper human relationships and relations and... Uh, how that sort of demonstrates what God is like. So let's, let's uh, start that today. Yeah, thanks, Jason. So you know, if we want to look at if we if we want to look at what God wants us to do, that's what we're talking about today. If we don't want to, well, you're free to take that stance. But today, as we look at what kind of community, what kind of form community takes, is from God's. God's ideal. Now, we we have, I guess we have, and I'll use the word broken, not because we're um, un, unfixable, um, but because we we are fragmented in the world today. We've fallen a long way from God's ideal, I guess. But what I want to do is look at how can we maintain this ideal that God has uh, in this fragmented world and what what's the example that god has given us to model his ideal on but first we'll pray then i'll get you to read our scripture for today and then we'll dig right in so let me pray for our listeners lord i want to thank you that you've given us your word we know that we can trust it and as we open and read this topic today lord i pray that you will help us to gain insight into what you desire for us and i pray this in jesus name amen so, Jason, would you mind reading from the NLT, if you're able? Yeah, sure. <laughs> the, uh, the verses for today, Matthew 19, 4 to 6, Jesus speaking, and the New Living Translation's got a great uh, way of explaining this. It says, uh, haven't you read the scriptures, Jesus replied, and I think this was in uh, answer to a question that they were trying to ask to trap him. <laughs> it says, uh, they record that the beginning that from the beginning God made them male and female. And he said, This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united in one. Since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Mm, thanks, Jason. So 
Uh, I want to use an illustration called Together But Separate, and I really like what Jesus says here because he gives us a good picture of what the Godhead is like. So Jesus first identifies that God made mankind as two separate individuals. First he makes man, and in the New Testament it says that we all come from one blood. The reason he says that is because he makes a man, and then later in that day he takes, uh, he puts him to sleep and he does the world's first operation. He takes a rib out, and then he fashions the woman from that rib. So you see it's the same DNA, but there's slight differences to it, as I'll explain later. Um, well, slight, we would like to say big differences, because he, he opens up his eyes and he goes, whoa, man, look at that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's a joke, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so first, first um, God identifies that, um, or the Bible, Jesus identifies that God made mankind as two separate individuals, male and female, and he explains that when they come together in a marriage relationship, they become one. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never seen two people walk into a marriage ceremony and walk out as a single physically joined person. No, I have not. <laughs> no? I've never seen it either. They both walk in, they say their vows, they commit to each other, and then they both walk out, joined in spirit, but not physically. Hmm. Not physically. So God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are three individuals. They're joined or they're united in spirit and purpose, but they are separate individuals. Hmm. This helps me understand what God is like when I look at, well, how does the human experience compare. Jesus prays for all his disciples in John chapter 17 and he prays that we will have that same unity and purpose that he has. He's not saying he wants the church to become an amalgamation of one giant person. He says he wants us to be individual but he wants those individualities not to separate us but to join us together. Mm. I think that's a really good example of God's ideal of community when he shows us through a marriage relationship. It's, um, it's something that's popping into my mind, and <laughs> I feel like sharing it. I don't know whether it's a good Go. thing, but yeah. the thing that's popping into my mind is a three-legged race. <coughs> Have you ever done a three-legged race oh. where uh, you know you join yeah. your middle legs together and you, you've yep. got to walk in the same pace and in oh. the same direction? Uh, it's impossible. And uh, <laughs> no, I, I feel like... Um, uh, you know, uh, having a relationship with God, we're meant to walk in alignment with Him, and you know, in pace mm. with Him, and and with each mm. other as well, and and in the marriage, you know, we should be walking in the same direction. So, mm. yeah, and and it's a really good example, really, because it can be done. It just takes a lot of practice. Mm. Yeah. That's the same in the physical sense and the spiritual mm. sense. You know, it, it can be done. We can walk in alignment with God. Mm. It takes a lot of practice. We've got to be patient. But there's so much more to be understood from this relationship example from God. So as Jesus is here on earth during his prayer in John 17, if you've never read his prayer, we prays for himself, then he prays for his mm, disciples, then beautiful. he prays for you and me. Mm. He's not having an existential personality crisis. You know, he's not speaking to himself as he prays. No, he's clearly praying to the God, the Father who's in heaven. And actually later, John reinforces this multi multifaceted nature of God in his epistle. Now, I don't know if you've ever read this. I'm going to read it in First John chapter 5, First John chapter 5 and verse 7. He says, For there are three that bear witness in heaven, 
the Father, the Word, and John always um, refers to Jesus as the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. But that's a fascinating verse because it uses that three and one and the individuality but the unity of God all together in one verse. So just as John understands the nature of God in three separate individuals, but he can still refer to them as one, Jesus gives us this example that we can see of a marriage union where the husband and wife are joined in marriage, but mm. they're still both mm. two separate mm. people, but they're one. Mm. They're considered by God as one. Mm. I, I think that's important because it's saying that they're individual with their own separate characters and personalities, and this is important in a marriage, mm. uh, Jason, that we maintain our individuality. Mm. You know, our wife loved us because we were who we were. Mm. And if we, if we completely change, then is it fair on them? Mm. If they completely change, is it fair on us? And, and some marriages have this struggle when one person becomes a Christian and the other person says, hey, I didn't sign up for that. And I understand that's difficult. Mm. But nevertheless, they keep their individuality. God doesn't want us to completely wipe that out. We keep that, but, but we become united in purpose in, their, in our future together. You know, married couples still maintain that, that individuality, if, if they're healthy marriage usually. But once they marry, they often change their course. And this is not wrong, because now you are going to be living with another person. You're going to be taking uh, into consideration their goals and aspirations and, and desires and future. And you will eventually change. You'll, you'll change your character a little bit, because you're going to become a different person when you're together with someone than you were had you stayed alone. You know, as you stay alone, you have a different focus. You have a very, usually, you have a very self-centered focus. But when you're with someone else, you develop a others-centered focus while you remain who you are. Now, that's really important as part of this example that God gave us as, as a unity, as a community. God wants us to learn to be others-focused. And a marriage is a good place for that. Yeah. <laughs> It really is. So as we plan and traverse our future together, we have this we have this change that happens. And in the Bible, this united relationship is identified as a covenant, a covenant or a literal um, explanation for what a covenant is, is an agreement or arrangement between two parties involving mutual obligations, mutual obligations. So most people who just agreed to live together. They don't sign an agreement or enter into a written mutual obligation with others, with the other person. They simply start, then keep living together, don't they? Mm. Mm. And, and it's why it's easy to break that arrangement, because there's nothing formal binding them together. Mm. But those who, who don't believe there's a need for marriage today probably don't fully understand this idea of Covenant, mm. covenant. A marriage ceremony actually includes a formal agreement between the two parties, and it involves mutual obligations, mm. and it's agreed to before a number of witnesses. <clears throat> so that's the whole reason why a marriage is important. A formal marriage is important because you have this formal agreement 
that you are agreeing to, you know, love, honour, cherish, good times, worse, richer, poorer, in front of other people. Mm. You're solidifying it like that. It's interesting, isn't it, that many are choosing not to get married these days. Mm. And uh, it's sad in a way because I think... um, the reason is that they don't want the uh, the strong ties. They want to be able to perhaps, um, you know, separate with more ease than what it would be mm. if, if they were married. But I think uh, the idea of marriage is, is something that's very strong and it's very uh, – it contributes to holding people together, I think. Yeah, yeah, and it has to be a, a, a free will mm. union, mm. right? That's the whole idea of covenant. Yeah. The covenant or agreement is that both people enter freely into it, mm. right? And it's what God intends for us because in some countries we have the opposite of this. We have arranged marriages. Now, I'm not saying arranged marriage is always bad mm. because often the couple learn to love each other and it works very, very well because the parents, you know, they know what might be best for for each, um, each person, mm. and they arrange this ahead of time. Now, that might work, but there are some countries where uh, a person is very young, very young. We would call it pedophilia today, you know, where someone is very, very young and a very, very old person marries them, and mm. that young person is forced into the relationship. Mm. That's not what God intended. Now, I'm not saying they can't do that. Well, if they want to live outside what God intended, well, that's fine. That, that's your choice. But what God intended is this free will agreement that two people enter into because mm. it shows us a little about the free will union between us and God. But we'll dig more into that after the break. It's so important, isn't it, that um, God is not a forceful God, even though that no. people are often forceful. God mm. is not, and uh, he, he allows us to make that choice freely. Uh, our listener question today zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. What's the best community you've been a part of? We'd love to hear from you today. Uh, David um, uh, has uh, from Western Australia has texted in. We'll have a look at that during the break, and uh, we'll come back to that shortly. But uh, right now, this um, uh, this next song is called Home. Uh, just want to remind you too, we've got our free book offer coming up. It's called Mad About Marriage. It's an interesting title, but we'll tell you more about that shortly. This is Home by Evan Craft. I've travelled the world Trying to find a place That I could call home Want to leave my trace A legacy, a melody that leads us back to you So I won't relent until I'm home with you I was lost in the dark Heard you call my name Dreams so far and gone Till you found my Yeah. 
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and t- today we're speaking with David Maxwell and uh, his series, Are You Listening?, with the topic of community. We've been talking a bit mm. about uh, marriage and what that means and how that reflects God's ideals for relationships. Um, uh, now, we had a text message come in from David from Western Australia, and he's just sharing how it's hard uh, when, I think I think this is what he's saying, that um, he married when he was a uh, believer of a, a church that uh, attended on Sunday, mm. and uh, now he's been convicted of the Sabbath, and he says that makes it a little bit difficult because mm. they've got some different beliefs in a relationship. Um, so yeah. that's understandable. Yeah, that is understandable, Jason. And so to respond to David, look, that that is a challenge. It is a challenge. However, you're both worshipping God. Now, that's the important part of it, and God wants you to be united. And as I mentioned before the break, this whole idea of covenant is the mutuality of the agreement between our two parties. So if you have a mutual agreement, it means that both parties agree to it. Mm. Otherwise, it would be one-sided and not truly mutual. Mm. So with this challenge, this mutuality is you're united in worshipping God. Mm. And that means he's a God of love and he will work through your relationship challenges Mm. together. Mm. So it's a challenge. Yes, you have different... Uh, viewpoints on what worship means to you from what you've read in the Bible. And the more important part of that is to maintain a loving relationship mm. and consi- being considerate of each other. First Corinthians 13, you know, if I have all the, you know, the speaking in tongues or the prophecy and all of that stuff, and I can do all of that stuff, but I don't have love, there's no point. Mm. There's no point. So love is the most important thing. And working together on your differences but um, keeping those individualities that are important to you. Mm. And uh, <coughs> we were talking about the fact that um, a covenant is freely entered into by two parties. Yeah. It's not uh, forced, and uh, people mm. have a free choice. And I guess a marriage is a choice as well, and mm. uh, and that's a covenant. And So uh, you're going to talk a little bit more about this mm. uh, idea of the covenant. Yes, I'm going to dig into that a little bit further. So as I said, both need to be in agreement with a covenant. That's the mutuality of it. If you're not, it's something entirely other than covenant. It's not really covenant. Okay, so the first thing David did was he was married and that was the agreement they made. Now, if they change their stance on different things, the Bible talks about, well, don't just give up your marriage. You know, that was made before God and that was the most important. So wherever possible, remain in that relationship, in that covenant, that Mm. mutuality with each other. And we know that marriage and and divorce statistics don't look too good. And many Australians have struggled struggled to maintain this common and united focus throughout their marriage. And what David's brought up is, um, is a common experience. So the general concept for marriage today, it's moved a long way from what God intended. So how are we to maintain God's ideal for good relationships in this fragmented and confused world we're in? Um, and, and it can get pretty messy, can't it, Jason? I think there's a big element in it, isn't it, that uh, um, when we 
are so self-oriented and individualistic uh, and, you know, fight for our own rights and our own whatever. In my marriage, I know, for example, Mm. it, it works best when I'm prepared to give of myself and to not force my own uh, perspectives on things all the time yeah yeah and saturday sunday is a is a good example david thanks for texting that in because on your saturday how could your wife make that a better worship day for you how could you make sunday a better worship day for your wife looking at it with that viewpoint in other other than saying oh why can't she join me on saturday or why can't he join me on sunday that that might be a better way to look at it and then you maintain your community because you're looking at what helps them. Mm. So when God created mankind, the Bible informs us that he made us male and female. And even science today can confirm the binary nature of humans. Mm. I know there's a whole discussion around this, but I'm not saying something that's new. And I'm not speaking from a scientific standpoint, whereas the people that I've read have there's a man by the name or doctor by the name of george k marinov and he's he, he's in the department of genetics at stanford school of medicine so he knows what he's talking about he states this in a com in, in an article an academic article in 2020 that that we're male or female in our dna um, and mm. this is was this was postdoctoral research that he did so if we have a skeleton that's found and they want to know, was it a man or a woman, they can check the DNA of it and they can tell, you know, uh, they can tell through that, that stuff. Now, today people might feel more feminine or more masculine than their body tells them that they are. Um, and they might have other physical or psychosocial issues to deal with. However, I'm not speaking against them. I'm just confirming that God made us in the beginning, some 6,000 years ago, male and female. And lots has changed since then. I understand that. So how did God create this biology in diversity to represent the kind of community that he desired us to be? And what's a good example of that? So the ideal that God intended to represent this perfect community of the Godhead, and I would suggest that also exists in other beings, but we're not going to get into that today, would be that of family. So God creates man. First he creates man. And it would appear that God made man and, women, man and woman with equal responsibilities. When you read in Genesis one twenty-eight and verse B, uh, like the second half of that verse, before sin and disobedience enters the world, he says to them that he says, I give you this responsibility. He doesn't say to the man, I give you the responsibility to be the, the boss and to rule everything, and the woman's just got to tag along. Mm. He doesn't say to the woman, you can do what you like and... He's got to, you know, put up with it. Happy, happy life, happy wife. You know, he doesn't say that. He says, together, manage the world. And it appears that only after sin that there is some change to the responsibilities, and it's because God wants them to be more united even after sin. So the way I see this reflecting God and, and his image is that just as God the Father seems to have a role in leading the godhead community um and you see this in john five thirty, john six thirty nine. the man seems to have then been made to lead the community the family um after sin um to reflect this better ephesians 5 22 and 23 
just as the Holy Spirit seems to have the com- the community, uh, the the connectivity and emotional co- connection of the Godhead community, and we see this in Second Corinthians uh, thirteen fourteen. So you know, I hope you're writing these verses down. So to the woman is often the one who has the emotional it- intelligence, and I'm speaking general generalities here, I'm not speaking in specifics. So the emotional intelligence keeps the family together. Usually a woman has better emotional connectivity than a man. I can speak for myself here. <laughs> My wife is more emotionally intelligent. <laughs> There's uh, often um, something that people say or observe is that, you know, men can uh, be in a room and not notice what's going on and uh, women just intuitively, you know, feel what's, they, they what's happening. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they have. They have like eyes in the back of their head. Mm. They can see everything. <laughs> and, th- and then just as Jesus or God the Son has the mercy and forgiveness, we also see this in Second Corinthians thirteen fourteen. He has this mercy and forgiveness that's demonstrated through the Godhead community. So too the children in a family often have the most forgiveness and mercy to offer the family. And we can learn a lot from that. You know, when, when a child is lied to, well, I say lied to, you know, circumstances change. I'm going to take you to the park. Tomorrow comes, uh, you know, work's come up and I can't take you to the park. The children are very forgiving of that. And so Jesus says, unless you become like little children, you don't have to become like a baby. But he says, unless you change and have the attitude of a child, you, you can't enter the kingdom of God because there's mercy and forgiveness. So we can learn a lot from each of the roles of the different um, uh, characters in the Godhead, this 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 perfect community. Um, but what what George Doctor George Marinov confirmed through his research is that what hasn't changed is our biology. We still have biologically female and male, and I know there are some people that are challenged with that with. Um, being born with a, a combination of different physicalities, and they're not sure which which way they have to go. That that's a real issue, and I understand that. Mm. But what has changed is that these roles that God made for us are pretty mixed up today. Would you agree? Mm. Children seem to have all the power. Women have got so many rights that sometimes men have no say. And sometimes men are so marginalised they feel they don't have any purpose. Mm. Um, they we've we've. Overall, we've lost a sense of what does this community supposed to look like, and and in some places uh, we we still have situations where women have no rights. You know, in other countries, yeah, yeah, and things yeah, as well. absolutely, so, absolutely. So, so it's all wrong. Yeah, yeah and, and I know we're out of time. We're yeah. right out of time for this break. <laughs> but nevertheless, God's made a framework. Now, if we want to live within that framework, we can choose to, and this is what I'm talking about. But if we don't want to live in that framework, well, we, God gives us that choice too. Mm. Well, today's book offer is called Mad About Marriage by Mike and Gail Tucker. The Tuckers deal with some of the big issues that are wreaking havoc in uh, American homes today, and I'm guessing that uh, a lot of that applies to Australia as well, Uh, such as pornography, abuse, infidelity, forgiveness, and negative communication. For the success of a marriage, it's important to identify and remove negative factors from your relationship and add the positive factors that will make your marriage sweet. You can flip the switch uh, just from plain mad to madly in love. (laughs) Why settle for anything less? Well, this is our book offer today. Do stay tuned and grab the code after the break. This is The Love of God by One Glory. The love of God is greater far than 
Desi Encounters on Faith FM and we're finishing our program today with David Maxwell. We've been talking about community and uh, what God's ideal is for us. And before the break, we talked about our book offer today. It's called Mad About Marriage. We've got a few copies to give away today. Uh, It's not restricted to two or three, so do text us in. 
Our code today for this book is LISTEN17. LISTEN17, no spaces. Text that into 0488-880-891. Now, David, uh, we're talking about the fact before the break that we've fallen a long way from what God had intended in mm. uh, our relationships and in marriages and uh, even within individuals. Mm. Um can you then explain what a proper covenant relationship should look like and uh, how we can achieve it so we can uh, do that before we finish today? Yeah, thanks, Jason. Well, I don't think we can achieve it before we finish today, but I can certainly oh, explain what I'm it's I'm disappointed. Like. <laughs> I'm disappointed. <laughs> it's a bit of a dad joke there, but that's okay. Look, I, I want to start with an, an illustration that I think really helps to understand this. So... When you're in the military, there's lots of rules. Now, I know this because I was in the military. And one important thing, very important thing, is obeying your superiors. This means if someone of a higher rank comes to me, and it can be just one rank higher, it doesn't matter. If they come to me and give me a direction or a command, I'm obliged to obey it. Mm. Or else I can face charges of insubordination, they call it, disobeying the authority. And it can result in some pretty stiff punishment depending on the seriousness of it. So let me ask you a question. If I was an officer in the Air Force, let's say, and I came up to you, Jason, as a civilian, and I gave you a command to do something, would you be obliged to obey or do what I said? No. Of course not. Why not? Because you're not part of the Air Force. <laughs> you're not part of the you're Air Force. You're not under that you, command. <laughs> you're not under that command. So if I might give you a command, like you better not walk across the road with that blindfold on. But as a civilian, you're not obliged to follow the command as a military person would. Mm. Now, although there'd be no legal repercussions to you for ignoring the command, you still have the responsibility for taking, um, you know, the result of whatever you um, choose to do. So in this case, you can continue to walk across the road with the blindfold on and you'll probably get hit by a car, mm. all right? But, but you're taking that responsibility. However, as a civilian, you've got no right to tell the military person that he can disobey his superior either because there are serious consequences for him. So you understand both sides of it? Yeah. Um, I can't tell you as a civilian in the, from, the, from the military point of view to do what I say, and you can't tell the military person, don't do what you're told. Because mm. for both of us, there are, a, uh, are responsibilities involved. And, and so, consequences. <clears throat> and consequences. That's mm. right. That's mm. right. So you can choose either way, whether you obey or not, and the consequences apply to both situations. So if you've chosen not to follow God or listen to any, to any, any of his commands or directions, um, those commands and directions have no authority over you. Okay? Mm. So I think about this in the Christian, non-Christian sense. I can't tell a non-Christian, hey, you have to live like this. Mm. But they also can't tell me, hey, you have to live like this. We each have to respect each other's position and say, well, if you choose to live like that, great. More power to you. We live in a democracy. I'll fight for your rights to live the way you want. Mm. That's what we do as a democracy. That's mm. what our soldiers go to war for, to fight for the freedoms that we have. And likewise, they should be able to say, I don't agree with you, but I'll fight for your right to be agreeing differently. Mm. That's the important thing that I think we're missing in a lot of these debates. Mm. 
But nevertheless, <clears throat> what I'm talking about is when we choose to live the way God wants us to, what does that look like? So in the Bible, God's picked out a certain nation on earth and he says, these people are going to be my representatives to the rest of the world. Looking at them will show you what I'm like. And they, if they freely choose to be a part of this, there was a covenant a willing agreement that God makes with them that they then also make with God. And there's responsibilities both for God and for the people. Now, in essence, if they chose to take on that responsibility, God said, I will protect you and look after you. If not, well, you accept what's coming your way. So what actually happens is they say, yes, we'll be a part of it, but then they renege on their agreement. So uh, during those times when they did that, God had to send stiff discipline so that other nations would come to learn that if you join in this agreement and you renege on it, then, you know, you can't call yourself God's people and not live the way he wants. So there's consequences and you've got to accept that. That's why we see a lot of those things in the Bible that happen to God's people. Mm. But the amazing part of a story is that God loved them anyway. Mm. Those that he chose, that chose to represent him, right? So the amazing part is of when they they they're going to go into the promised land and they and God says in you go and they go and look and they go ah it's too hard we're not going to go and they disobey and God says all right well if you don't want to go then you're going to stay out and in those 40 years they wander around in the desert and then the children get the opportunity to go in God still protects them he feeds them he makes sure their shoes don't wear out you can read this in the bible the shoes don't wear out the clothes don't wear out for 40 years they didn't have to go to the barber you know oh, sorry they didn't have to go to the um uh, the dressmaker the, <laughs> the dressmaker that's the one and and get new clothes mm. the clothes they had lasted those 40 years now that was pretty good. God was looking after them, but he kept feeding them as well. So I bring you back to my opening illustration of together but separate. The husband, the wife, the children behaving as God requests show the proper example of what a united community that follows God's example should be like. Throughout the Bible, God says if we want to follow him, then... The model he approves of is one man, one woman in a committed, faithful marriage relationship, not one taking advantage of the other. Husband is loving, devoted man who looks after his family. That's the children, you know, treats them with respect. But he also cares for his wife in the same way that God selflessly looks after his people. The wife is being loyal and caring to her husband. She values and respects and is committed to her husband. The children, they obey and they respect the parents and they attempt to follow God in all things. That's God's ideal. Do fall a lot short of that sometimes. Yeah. Do you want to follow God's plan for a selfless community displayed through the unity of the family unit? If so, get in touch. We can share resources, connections, and we can uh, point you in, in in directions with both material and people who can talk to you and help you with this. So if that's what you want, mm. get in touch. It's really important. It's really important that God says, here's the ideal, and we strive for that ideal in our marriage relationships. Absolutely. We've got a couple of quick uh, messages to share. Margie uh, says that she agrees with our statements and she can't improve on them, but... 
The best thing that happened to her was uh, joining the Adventist Church. So thanks, Margie. <coughs> We've also had David from Tasmania. That's uh, another David. Um, <laughs> Got Too a lot many of Davids of today. Uh, my favourite community is my family, but I have fond memories being part of a rugby team because of the camaraderie, suffering and celebrating together in our wins and losses. So, beautiful. Thank you for your messages today. Listen 17, Mad About Marriage is our book offer today, so do text in if you'd like to grab a copy of that. What have you got for us next week, David? Yeah, next week we're going to talk about reconciliation. We discover what Jesus is doing right now to keep us connected to God as we choose to follow him. Awesome. And uh, next Wednesday we're back live with David Leo with Christ as our Creator. So do join us then. Um, we also have our uh, Faith FM dinner coming up in Tasmania on the 29th Ooh. of July. So no, I'm looking forward to that. Do listen out for the promos for that. And uh, David Maxwell, our very own presenter here, will be uh, presenting a topic on that evening as well. So that's Saturday, mm-hmm. the 29th of July. Thank you for joining us today, David. This You're is uh, Wonderful Words of Life by the group Revelation. God is speaking. Speaking. Are you listening? Sing them over again to me. Wonderful words of life. Oh